Hello, everyone. My name is Ricky Grove, and I'm here with my pals Damian Valentine, Phil Rice. Tracy Harwood couldn't be with us today on the uh, and now for something com completely machinima podcast because she's at the Oberhausen Film Festival, which runs from April 28th through May 1st. Uh, Tracy tells me that it's the first major film festival to include program dedicated to machinima and virtual production. I wondered about that at first because there had been some other major film festivals that included machinima, but I think what she means is it's the first film festival to have a full program dedicated to it. So that's exciting. Uh, she says their focus is on avant-garde content, and she's looking forward to speaking to the contributors while she's there. I'm sure she'll give us a full report when she comes back. Tracy, we miss you. You're always an essential part of the podcast. So we hope you have a really good uh, festival and we'll see you soon. I thought before we jumped into the review of the first movie, we'd uh, share a little bit of news. I was very excited this week to hear that um, an AI program is developed to uh, upscale images. So that if you have a low resolution image, the AI will upscale it for you. And the results are uh, fantastic. I've also been following a video editing AI, and I just listened to an NPR story in which I, I was astounded at this because I had no idea. They used an AI program to program on a particular singer's voice. Then they could use that program to have that singer sing any song they wanted in any language they wanted. And this woman who has been working on this since the early 2000s um, or actually, excuse me, mid 2000s. She doesn't speak Spanish. She used her own voice, singing voice as a database. And she had herself sing a Spanish song using the AI. Hmm. It sounded exactly like her, but she doesn't speak wow. a word of Spanish. Then she Great shared person. a um, Drake, uh, a recent hit on Instagram in which somebody used Drake's voice to, to sing a new song that they wrote. And you couldn't tell the difference. They wrote the music, but they had Drake sing the song. Wow. And of course, the, uh, the uh, uh, people that did the NPR article were all speculating on what the hell does this mean, you know? You could get any Judy Garland singing your new song, you know, and what does that mean for legalities and everything? And once again, we're way ahead of ourselves in terms of the uh, ethical and um, legal aspects of technology. But, you know, that's been the case for so long. And uh, I just don't know what to do about it. That's just the way it is. Have you guys especially, heard about it? Yeah, especially the ethical aspect in terms of like, you know, is it right for anyone uh, to bring another Drake song into the world? <laughs> you know, you know, I hadn't seen it from that point of view, but you're right. You're right. You're not afraid to ask the hard questions, are you? No. no. <laughs> you Actually, get... Ricky, with with regard to that upscaling thing uh, that that which I saw the news of as well, it's actually further along than that. There are now uh, readily available tools for upscaling video. Wow. Um, and I'm actually using one of those right now to go through my back catalog because in the early days, uh, my releases were 
like Melrose Dramaticate, for example, is 640 by 480. And that's still what's up on YouTube. And it looks terrible. I mean, like if you blow it up to full screen, it's, right, just, right. it's just awful. And then there was a period where everyone figured out, oh, the standard is 1280 by 720. So I've got like this series of films that I released in that. And then it's only the most recent stuff is in full HD. And of course, probably the next 4K you know, so tier beyond that's going to be 4K, right? So right. yeah, and this this software will take a uh, video and you can tweak certain parameters of how how you how it should treat the imagery that it sees. So there's one that's specifically tuned to do well with faces, like actual real video footage of faces. There's another one that's specifically tuned for animation. So it treats surfaces a little differently. Um, and then there's a, a few little parameters you can tweak. And I've been using that to upscale uh, my old films for a project, as well as upscale all of Hugh Hancock's major work and all of Peter Rasmussen's major wow. work. Wow. So that this summer, if things work out, this summer we'll be able to do those kind of special uh, special episodes we've been talking about where we you know, focus just on those those two filmmakers. And as part of that, I'm happy to announce we're going to be able to uh, to release for the first time ever proper high res versions of oh, all great. of that work. Yeah. Obviously you're happy with the results, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I mean, it's it's as it's it's better than I expected. You know, I, I don't know if it's it's not as good as if I had remade the film in modern engines and of actually course. rendered yeah. it at that engine. Yeah. But it's surprisingly good. And it in it, it, it makes blood spell, for example it makes it look better than ever, you know? Oh, that's it, excellent. It, it does a really nice job. So the, the one yeah. that I'm using in particular is called HitPaw, H-I-T-P-A-W. Yeah, I've heard the of them. Answer. It's a little expensive. Um, it's I want, I want to say that it's a subscription, first of all. You can't just buy it outright, or it wasn't at a price that made any sense to buy outright for me. But it's like 40 bucks a month. That's very expensive if you're not doing this full time. So what I've done is... I got all my films queued up that I want to do this to, including, by the way, Ricky, the entire Machinimplex collection. Oh, that's I'm gonna, great. I'm going to go through every single one of those and just upscale them as high as, as this thing will go. Oh, I'm cramming so... it all into another, uh, into basically a two-month period. I'm about three weeks in so far. It does take some system requirements to get this done. You put it on a regular, mainly GPU. So if you put yeah. it on just a regular PC with with just a standard type GPU. Woo. Yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Days for a less than 10 minute film. Yeah. Yeah. On a higher end PC, it performs better, but it still requires quite a bit of time. Yeah. Um, and and basically ties up the whole PC while you're doing that. But that's something that I'm working on with a PC I've set up for it. And yeah, I'm gonna basically everything I can, I'll upscale it. And we'll worry about, you know, getting permission to re-release some of those things or whatever when Later. the time comes. Right, but, right, yeah, right. But for now, I want to at least have those copies that I archived from Machinaplex from years ago, oh. and then all my back catalog, all of Hughes, all of Peter Rasmussen's, getting them up to those higher resolutions, e either full HD or 4K. That makes so, me so uh, I'm excited happy. to uh, to start releasing some of those soon. Very happy to hear that. Too. Might have to give it a shot with some of my older stuff as well because I got the same thing as you. It's so low resolution because that's all you could do yeah. at that time. I'm thinking like Chronicles of Humanity with the animation setting. Damien, you'll be blown away by how good it looks. Oh, I, I really think you will. So yeah, it's worth it's definitely worth a try. Yeah, fantastic. Right. 
Uh, is it in the cloud? Do you do the? No, no, it's a desktop app. The one that I'm using oh, is an okay. actual desktop app. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Well, that's very exciting news. And thanks for sharing that. Uh, I had no idea you were working on this project. That's yeah, so, I've been kind of keeping it a little quiet. It's but... so awesome. I can't wait to see some of those older films. Uh, Beast in particular is one that I've been wanting to see. Uh, but anyway, let's go move on to our first film. Sure. Uh, we've got four excellent films this month. I'm so excited to share these films. They just each month seems to get better and better. Last month was terrific. Even though I wasn't there, I watched them all because they did some of the editing on it and they were really good. Um, I, I have a kind of odd way of finding films. We're going to do my film first. I look everywhere and I stop on a film that keeps my attention. And then after five to 10 minutes, if I'm still watching, that most likely will be my pick, depending upon the quality and everything. So for me, and it's an entirely personal way of doing it, mm -hmm. it's about engagement with the film. Am I engaged with it? Now, I'm a 68-year-old man with you know, different tastes. I tend to not like mainstream kinds of things uh, because I've seen them also before. I like unusual and creative kinds of things. So it'll be interesting to, to talk about the films, uh, at least from my point of view. This film that I chose is called After War, a short film by RG Studio. It passed the test. I started watching it. And about the time I started think, thinking, well, maybe this would be my pick, the movie was almost over <laughs> because I was so engaged with it. Now, what makes this film interesting, because there have been thousands of Half-Life 2 machinima, some good, mostly bad, but... The interesting thing about this movie is that it was a, a movie composed of the same shot in the same position, camera position, for every single shot. And it goes through a series of, 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 of fighting by the Combine, a rebellion by the uh, guerrilla forces, and then a post after all of that's over. And uh, at first you think, well, that's limiting, you know, that that's going to make it hard for them to be able to tell the story. It's not. And that's the great idea. That's a, it's a great idea. And that's why it works. Uh, the music is fantastic in it. Um, I love the way they use animals and birds in it in particular. There's a wonderful shift for each sort of section musically. Um there's a great theme as if to say that man can war all he wants, but life and nature will still go on. You know, I was very impressed with the film. Our RG studios appears to be a Russian group with a lot of a talent and imagination. Their YouTube channel has many half-life two and G mod machinima. Uh, so I'd urge you uh, uh, viewers and listeners to uh, check out their uh, uh, YouTube uh, channel. I'll make sure that we have a link in it in the show notes. Uh, what did you guys think of the film? The um the single shot, but the the single camera in one place for, for the entire film, that really stood out to me as such an unusual thing, and it's really fascinating to see not just what was happening, but the way the scenery changed in each shot, and as the 
the conflict progressed, the buildings got more and more damaged. Yes, yeah. Um, and you know, the, the so early on, some of the uh, combine propaganda posters go up and they get damaged and they disappear over time as right. the conflict goes on. And you know, sometimes there's some moments where big things happen in the background, and that has a huge impact on the next shot. You see, yeah. you see the aftermath of it. I thought that's a very intriguing way to tell a story because. Apart from sort of shouting and, and things going on, there's not really any dialogue to it. Um, so you don't get that. You don't get characters telling you the story. Well, they're spoken it. words, but there there's no dialogue per se. You know. Yeah, it's more like people shouting each other. Yeah. In the background rather yeah. than telling yeah. the audience the story. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that works really well as a as a, as a very unusual concept. Um, it'd be interesting to see more like this yes um and i like the way that it goes all the way up to the post-apocalyptic time where the, the, everything's regrowing yes because it kind of ties in with portal which is at the end of portal i can't remember if it's portal one or portal two but you kind of find out you're in the same half-life world but just centuries later yeah yeah you kind of get that element into it as well which i thought was a nice yeah. touch for... that was my favorite uh scene is that that very last post-apocalyptic because you'd seen all of this very sort of tightly focused and that's an interesting thing because of the tight focus it makes a conflict stronger it could be a gimmick you know but it he didn't use it as a gimmick they used it as something very uh creative and uh you know there was a tight 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 focus on the walls coming in and then and the uh, post-apocalyptic the music shift the mood shift and the walls are mostly broken down and you see nature and birds and everything. It's just marvelous. Bill? Yeah, and and the, the way the time of day changes between shots as well. Sometimes it's daylight, sometimes it's evening because you've got kind of the reddish tint. Sometimes it's night and it's really dark except for the You're right. The You're right. Of, uh, yeah, the lighting the lighting really stood out to me as well, Damien. And I I mm -hmm. uh you know in film there's some you know great examples of light being used to convey emotion um maybe most famously uh you know like vertigo you know with hitchcock and this stark light and stuff but that was kind of unnatural you know this green light that's bathing everything or red light in the background right. the behind a certain scene uh and this as damien pointed out it's all it's all it all appears to have a natural origin it's just that's just the nature of day and night and, and different times of day, the light changes. And I thought they used that very effectively to, um, to first of all, you know, this is, it's on the surface, this is, it's a very disjointed piece. You know, it's almost like a, if, if you weren't paying attention, it's almost just like a series of vignettes, you know, mm. because there's really nobody to really latch on to. There's no person to, to follow. It's, but that, I think that the way that they use day and night and that lighting helped to give the, 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 the consistency was time. And yeah, we were jumping a little bit in time, but there's, there's at least a sense of a, a, almost continuity uh, that, that I think contrasts nicely with the kind of broken up uh, approach on the narrative um, to, to really the breaking up then becomes, <coughs> excuse me. The breaking up then just becomes uh it's helping to narrow our focus yes. on what we should be paying attention to you know as 
as opposed to just having a, you know, 36 hour time lapse. It's a lot of nothing going on there. And this is, it's, I don't, I don't know, in the same way that, that a director can use the focus and, you know, rack focus and stuff like that to draw attention to a particular part of the screen. In this way, they used time in the way they cut it up to draw uh -huh. particular focus to events. So I love that. I thought the sound on this was used just masterfully. Yep. Um, yeah, the it's you're right, Damien. There's not really any, not any dialogue that would necessarily appear on a screenplay. It's more like the dialogue was was a sound effect. Um, and it, did it convey some information? Yeah, I think so. I think there's there's pieces of information that are conveyed with it. But, you know, this wasn't somebody's monologue. It wasn't Im terribly important what was being said. It was more of the context in which that those lines were delivered. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the the reason the sound was was so important in this one to me is for that that final scene. Because of the contrast with this this serenity, this quiet that overcomes this scene that has been up to that point, very chaotic, um, you know. And brutal this, too. I mean, they're brutal, several, just, yeah. Several bombardment and murder violence. and death and destruction. Yeah. And, and the sound just helped just amplify all of that. No pun intended. Uh, but the quiet afterward was just, was just super effective. Um, when I first watched it, I wasn't sure how I felt about that structure because, again, it's disjointed, and you know my 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 brain tends to want to find the narrative in the traditional sense, uh, and it's not here. It's not there. They weren't even, they, and, and it's not that they messed up. That wasn't the objective of this film. Right. It took me a little while to kind of accept that and once i did then it's like okay so i'm 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 starting to on the second watch especially i'm seeing more things now and and it's 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 resonating in a different way than it would be if this was following a person or god forbid with being narrated or something yeah, yeah. to artificially give yeah. exposition you know it didn't need any of that no um and this this was this was a painting in a sense you know this was not some guy's story. This is uh, about a situation uh, and making, I think, a statement about uh, exactly what Ricky said. I couldn't say it any better than that about war in general and that that it sounds flippant to say life goes on because it means something deeper in a movie like this, but that's essentially what, what the message is. Yeah, yeah, is that life, nature, life force um, will persist. It's kind of like and it's strangely positive message coming through from a movie that is yeah. dark and brutal for most of it. And yet at the end of it, it it's it's this sense of okay. It's kind of like someone was had a camera as the conflict started and dropped it there in the street and uh, just kept filming yeah. constantly. Sure. And then someone sure. found it and put it all together. Yeah. Uh, as random clips that they could use. That's yeah. the feeling it has. Yeah. It does have that feeling. I, mean, I think that's what attracted to me about uh, this film and attracts me to films in general, machinima in general. They're creative. Somebody decided to do things in a different way. And you're right, Phil, you, your, your mind, we've been film, film goers and film watchers for decades. And so we have a certain set of expectations. And 
I'm really happy that you were able to challenge your own expectation and stay with it and say, well, hey, maybe there's something more here than I, I thought, you know, because you could just reject it out of hand. But that's the very thing that interested me. Now, we'll see in some later films that we're going to have the direct opposite approach in terms of storytelling. So it'll be interesting to talk about it then. Well, that's our our, uh, our film for today. It's After War, a short film by RG Studio. I wish Tracy was here. I sort of expect that she goes into great detail about doing the background and everything. I feel like I maybe have left it out. Yeah. So we miss you, Tracy. But that's it. If you have any comments about this film, uh, please contact us to talk at completelymachinima.com. We also have show notes, extensive show notes at completelymachinima.com. And uh, let's any of you have anything you'd like to say at the end here no all right well that's it stay with us uh may is uh, going to be a great month for machinima we'll be back next next week with phil's uh choice which is a really interesting one so we'll see you next time bye-bye